So, this is podcast number two for me today. For anyone that listened to last week's episode with Chancellor Humphrey, aka Keep Pittsburgh Dope, thanks for coming back. I, yes, I am still wearing the same clothes because it is the same day, regardless of when you are seeing and or listening to this. Uh, The only thing that has changed from the last episode to this episode is that I have consumed a little bit more alcohol, Mm -hmm. but I still feel in control of my emotions. (laughs) So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Anyways, Brendan Copes here. What up? Hi. Hi. How are you? Insert I like, digital applause. I like that I can wave. I can wave now. You yeah. have, you know, I feel like last time I couldn't really wave. I probably could have. We recorded it, but now I can really wave. I got two hands. Yeah. Wave. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> How so, are you? Uh, How is life? You know, you are a lot of things. I am fine. My <laughs> life is fine. You I. are a friend. Yes. A Artist, mm-hmm. a musician. That's right. Human being. That's right. Those all sound um, like me. I think you're pretty good at all of those things. I appreciate that. <laughs> How have you been? I've been good. I have been, you know, I we talked a little bit when I first got here. And I am like two years late timeline wise to where I am and where we are sitting here. I was like, it's been four years since we sat down and talked. And I expect that a fair amount has changed for the both of us in that amount of time. That is incredibly likely. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. one, you don't live here anymore. You moved away. I did. Uh, yeah, I'm located in Portland, Oregon now. Wow, I've heard of that place. Yeah, yeah. it's soft 3,000 miles away. <laughs> uh, and so I have to hop on a plane if I want to come visit. Mm. It's six hours on a plane. Loads of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm back. I'm gonna be playing guitar for Kai Voss on tour for two months. Wow. That's why I'm here. That's a lot of months. It's a lot of months. A lot of time. It's a lot of time. And so I'm I get to do a stopover and I get to come hang out with you and come see the city and sort of just like see all of these places that I haven't gotten to, partially because I'm three thousand miles away. Partially because COVID made traveling really weird and really difficult. And so there, I haven't had the ability to come back with any regularity. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. The, it's pretty nice weather-wise too. Like it's like, it's been 60 degrees the past couple of days. I've been walking around, walking around the city, hanging out. <laughs> totally. It's a vacation. I'm on a glorified vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you decided to spend some of your vacation. Of course. Not only with me but with all of our listeners. For those of, of you that don't know Brendan or haven't, you know, well, if you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, right. then you definitely don't know Brendan. <laughs> but uh, music, music is, I would say, the main thing at your core. Yes. And there has been, you know, over the course of time, a somewhat dramatic shift in the style of music that you do. Oh, yeah. But... I think the intention has always stayed the same behind the music. I would say that's true. Yeah. And I'm curious now, since it's been four years and since, yeah. you know, not to put you on the spot, but I haven't no. seen a whole lot of output from you. I know you've released stuff recently, but it I hasn't have. been four years worth of stuff. And as somebody who also mm-hmm. hasn't released four years worth of music, yes. 
what has your creative process been like since yeah. you've moved? So since I moved, I was in 2020. And at that point, I had an album that was sort of ready to go that I felt decently good about. Um, and I was off social media all of 2020, which was sort of, that was one of the big reasons that I think I didn't engage. I mean, COVID was a huge part of it. So 2018 happened. I released an EP in 2018 under a moniker. And then my plan from there was kind of to shift into like releasing music under my name as a solo artist for the first time. And so that was towards the end of 2019. I was like workshopping some new stuff and then 2020 happened. And, you know, I think like a lot of people, I was like, 2020 is going to be my year. I'm going to get back to playing shows regularly as a solo artist for the first time in my life as Brendan Cope, like, and then March 2020 happened and that's, that's not how it went. Uh, and things shut down. And so I went on social media hiatus and I went on like a, a personal hiatus of, of most things. Um, and, you know, spent a lot of time inside, spent a lot of time with myself and with my like close group loved ones and worked on a new set of music. I mean, I, it, what happened in 2019 got scrapped which is something that I've been known to do throughout my, I mean, sure. You know how it goes. Yeah. Sometimes uh, things shift and your sound shifts and things change and you decide that you want to be something different. Um, and so then I launched into making like a really sort of Jamie XX inspired. I was got really into just electronic music with a little bit more of a dance, a little bit less structure. I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to just completely, I want to uh, strip all of the, the remaining rock genre musicality that I have in my very not rock genre music. I want to strip the rest of it away and make this like wild soundscape building ethereal dance music. Um, and I thought that was going to be it. And then I, six months later, you know, I've, we're getting close to the end of 2020 now. Um, I moved to a new city and I had a new group of songs and I was trying to perform like on well, online. Um, and so I, at the beginning of 2021, I decided to go back into social media and like, but I redid it all. I didn't activate my old accounts. I just, I was like, I'm going to start from zero, 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 zero followers, zero following. I want to do everything from scratch. Um, and I think that was kind of cathartic. I mean, it was, it gave me the opportunity to finally introduce myself as the musician that I wanted to create and not the musician that had been created through like the timeline. Sure. Because at the same time that I did that, the reason that I stepped back into social media is because I said, I'm going to start releasing music again. And so in 2021, I released five songs. Uh, two at one time and then three following singles. And it was, I mean, completely <laughs> different, <laughs> totally different than what I had done in the past, what I had thought of in the past. Uh, a little more pop focused, although I wouldn't necessarily call myself like a pop musician. I'm not catchy enough for that. Um, but completely different. I mean, it was just like I wanted to really sort of grapple with that evolution with myself and be just like as pure as can be about it and say like, if this is, if you're going to look at me, like this is what you look at now. Yeah. And I don't think I ever gave myself the space to do that. 
I think that it's really, really hard for up and coming artists now to give themselves the space that they need to grow because of social media. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. I've seen some bands that are new bands that have zero social media. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of cool because they're able to have that time and that space to mm -hmm. develop what they're doing is going to be before they decide to like share it with the world in a way that it's going to like have any sort of like staying power. Right. right? Because there's like a first impressions mm -hmm. last sort of situation. Right. Yeah. Like there's still people that I know think of air quote Sykes, even though I no longer release music as Sykes, right. Right. they still think of Sykes as the ding dong in the skinny jeans rolling around <laughs> on the floor, mm -hmm. screaming on top of an iPod backtrack. Right. Like I did in 2008. Right. <laughs> that was a very long time ago. It was a very long time I ago. I no longer am that person. But because mm -hmm. that is the person that yeah. people saw, that's who I am Forever. always. Forever. You're you know? in stone as that person. <laughs> it, it's so weird. And yeah. like, as much as you try to put yourself out there. Right. You know? There's people that have been on this podcast that don't even know I play in bands. I, it happened last week or as, as we saw but it, 15 minutes ago. They, they just know me from the podcast. Right. And I don't talk about my bands really right. on the podcast too, too much. Yeah. Um, so I get it. Totally. But people only know you from like how you present yourself online. Right. So until you're really confident in who this person that you're going to put out is, yes. it's probably better to not feel pressured to Absolutely. put yourself out there. Absolutely. And I think that at the same time, you know, it created for a long time. I was, I was going to make music for a lot of reasons that weren't for me, making music that I like. I was making music that was mm. like, whether it was trying to be like create technical spectacles or create emotional spectacles or create, it was pushing things outside of just like the pure enjoyment of music. And like really at the end of the day, if you're a musician and you make music that you enjoy and you're happy in that place, most likely it'll be the best music that you can make. Sure. I think it takes time it to get does. there though, right? Absolutely. I feel like anybody that is creating any type of art, regardless yeah. of the medium, they're going to go through this like uh this phase of like over self-indulgence. <laughs> yes. But I think it's really just part of the learning process and like stretching like Absolutely. how far what can you do technically because yeah. especially when you're doing stuff yourself, Yes. And you're like in this isolated bubble. Right. The only person that you have to learn from really is yourself. Absolutely. So you got to like figure out how to do all of this like weirdo stuff. But then down the line, you'll be able to apply that to something that's a little bit more controlled and less self-indulgent. A little bit more intentional. Sure. And intentional too. Yeah. That's a much better feeling. That's There's a, a whole bunch more security in making art that's like, I know how to do all these things because like I made a bunch of bad stuff that did all these things in the past. And now I want to make good stuff using the same technical knowledge, using the uh -huh. same musical knowledge. Like what can I do? How much can I push it? Whatever the mold is that I'm creating, how much can I push it? And what happens after I push it? Yeah. I, so that's where I am now. That's great. Do you <laughs> feel like you've found like, it seems like that you've like really found like that niche that you want to be in and you're like, I would, yeah. You're like 
working on like the sound and you're not like you're not because I guess like the way that I'm trying to relate to this is like an experience that I've gone through I think in the past couple years where like I have found that like I don't want to be self-indulgent in my music but I want there to be enough selfishness that it is unique (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah but also like like I want it to be unapologetically selfish, yes. but also accessible. Like I don't want to yeah. write music for myself anymore. Like I want to tell stories for other people and anything right. that is selfish just needs to be like in the nuance, but like not in necessarily the actual story. Okay. Like you could, like if this was a film, right? Like yes. I want to be like nerdy and nuanced in the filmmaking, <laughs> yeah. but I like in no, the directing. No, absolutely. You know? Yeah. But I want the overall story to be something that anybody can sit down and like watch or listen to. Yes. And it, it took me a really long time to like figure that out and also figure out yeah. like the style that I wanted yeah. to do, you know? Absolutely. Like, do I want to be a rapper? Do I want it to be rock? Do I want, like, what do I want to do? You've worn all of those hats simultaneously yeah. in your artistic lifetime which is, it creates a totally different experience. Like I've just tried to wear one hat and take a bunch of influences with me and jam them into that single hat where you've had outlets, I think in a lot of different aspects of your musical life that have let you probably explore things simultaneously, but also probably confused you from a creative standpoint at times when you're like, totally, is this the one that I'm supposed to do? Is this who Mm -hmm. I am as a person or is that who I am as a person? I think that like when I was younger, um, in back to the 2008 days, (laughs) um, this was before at the time, all I had was that music, right? You know, all I had was the, the beats that I made that I put on an iPod and I, yelled at I yelled on top of in front of people opening yeah. up for bands, right? That's that's it. Right. And then eventually ended up like joining a metal band and then <laughs> other bands and like, you know, mm-hmm. but at the time I had so much energy that I was trying to put into one hat. Yeah. And it was very confusing. And the music was very some of the music was very confused as a result right. because it was trying to be so many things because I had so many ideas but only right. one outlet. You know what I mean? It was like absolutely you know it's like I'm a chef and I really like making burritos and <laughs> cheesecake and uh i don't know uh other I, I also make candles <laughs> so it's like you know right. all in one place what is this yeah like, but definitely to your point without rambling too much more right <laughs> having those outlets really did help me disperse that energy yeah um and now like years down the road i think i've found a way to bring all that stuff together into one hat again Right. But in a way that I think makes sense because yes. it's a lot more intentional. Yeah. And there's a lot more uh, restraint with right. <laughs> uh, how far I'm willing to go. Yes. Like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should you don't do something. Have to. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, you can, you can be as impressive over it to be in the nitty gritty of it. You can be as impressive over a single chord by engaging everything around it as you can be with multiple yeah. chords. Writing it's this, just I think a simple hack is like writing music for other musicians is a terrible idea. Really? Always. Always. Really? So this is going to be this is going to be a funny no. That's keep, just no, my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I mean I think that 
you obviously as a musician, when yeah. you are writing, you are coming from a point where you definitely want to do something to impress your peers. That is human nature, definitely. regardless of what you do. Absolutely. But it can't be your only intention. No. You know? De oh, 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 oh. You mean, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood what you were saying. Okay. Because I'm coming from a point now where like, I am a, I'm a producer of music as much as I am a songwriter now that sure. I've sort of ventured into this electronic realm. And so like something that I've really had fun with is I've started writing music, like literally producing songs for other people. And it's oh, yeah, really no, enjoyable. Yeah, no, no. I see what you were saying yeah. though. Yeah, 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 yeah no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. don't want to be writing music for my music. I'm not writing my music for other people. Yeah, like, and, like I meant like, you know, writing yes. music just so other musicians right. will listen to so, it and be yeah. impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's, it's a difficult, like you said, it's human nature and it's a difficult thing to straddle with because you're fighting your own ego and then you're also fighting like all of the like deep cultural, the musical cultural phenomena of being amongst musicians as a musician. Like I think of like talking about music with non-musicians is depending on if you're talking, depends on what you're talking about, but frankly, it's probably more fun in a lot of respects because there's an inherent emotional like viscerality that non-musicians can engage your music with or not engage your music with. And I think that's really telling. And I don't think that's something for a long time that I considered. It's like, like you were saying about uh, Tame Impala, Kevin Parker talking about the, just make a relatable beat. Like relatability is not something I ever valued in making music. I never wanted it to be relatable or comfortable. I always was like, I sure. want to make something new. It has to sound new. Yeah. But there's no, there's no new. Like that's not how it works. It's a repackaging of things that have already been done. And then your own personality and your own spin on it. Like me, you, we, people, that's the new aspect. Yeah. Because you haven't made that music yet. And like you can do whatever you want with it. But I think leaning into that, what will people listen to? Will people bob their heads? Like, how do I make someone move? How do I insert an energy that will help somebody listen to this and be taken somewhere else, be taken to a place that makes them happy, a place that makes them sad? Like, it doesn't have to be this big no. didactic. Like, I mean, music is nothing more than a conversation yep. between the performer and the listener. Yep. <laughs> and if you're having a conversation that's going to go over the listener's head, right. they're either going to pretend like they know what you're talking about, yeah. i.e. every person that listens to Tool. <laughs> I'm joking. That was a bad joke. I like Tool. Um, <laughs> um, or, you know, they're just going to ignore the conversation altogether. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of people will complain, like, why does... You know, why is radio pop like so like vapid or simple mm -hmm. or whatever? It's just because like people are listening to this in the car. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's just totally they're kind of boring. You know, yeah. you listen to NPR. That's your kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah, else's yeah, yeah. kind of boring that's, is Dua Lipa. That's a good point. That's and that's fine. Point. I like both of them. I like yeah. Dua Lipa and NPR, honestly. <laughs> yeah. like, Sick. Same. I'm in the same boat. And uh, there's a lot of just like understanding, I think like 
not like what are you trying to say as an artist, but like right. what are people trying to listen to? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And you know, I don't think that you should be fake about what you're trying mm -hmm. to do, but I think that there is sort of an understanding that, you know, we have as human beings knowing that when you're yeah. engaging in a conversation with somebody, absolutely, there's a certain way that you should talk to people in a social situation. And this yeah. has nothing to do with art. This is just right. society. Right. So why not approach your music in the same way? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. No, I think that's it's like, you know, okay, I am, I am a, you know, a snotty beer covered punk. <laughs> I'm going to approach this conversation with yeah. a lot of attitude and crassness and rawness and I don't give a fuck. And that's what makes good punk music. Right. Right. So, But like, you as a person are actually unbelievably friendly and very kind and very sweet. But I'm also not in a punk band. Exactly. And so I think that knowing that and just understanding that that's, that's an aspect of tonality, like the tone that you bring... Yeah, I think just like to that conversation is, I mean, one of the most fun things is getting out of the car after the radio has been on passively and you weren't paying attention and you just don't stop humming as long as the song isn't bad. Like sometimes it sucks, but most of the time I would say I really like that moment when you're just humming that song that you just heard. You don't even have to know what the song was. Yeah. And it's the same way that you sort of carry like these snippets of conversations that you've had with people throughout the years. Like, why do you know certain things about certain people? Why do you know certain things about places you live, places you visited? It's because you just carry like little snippets of conversations that you've had with little things that you've learned from other people over time. And it's amazing to see that that's like, that's what we're made of at one point. We're just a bunch of little snippets of everything that we've ever taken in, everything we've ever consumed. Sure. Which sure. is like, I would love to be a part of that consumption. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in a way you probably already are Pro without realizing it. Yeah. There's always so much more attention drawn on your work than I think you even realize. Just because like right. the only metrics that we have are like mm -hmm. whatever we see on social media or yep. the people that we're around. Yeah. You know, but like. I know that there's like a lot. I know that the stuff that I'm putting out there has a much further reach than I'll ever realize or right. have an impact, whether it be positive or negative in ways right. that I'll never realize. And uh, I think the only thing now that I'm focused on is just making sure that I'm happy with the work that I'm putting out there. So yeah. if, whether somebody engages with my work and they love it or they right. don't like it, at least I know it's like, hey, it's me. Yeah. I'm just being myself, you know? Right. And the potential of your work once it's out is infinite. I mean, that's like, that's one of the craziest things to me. Like you see people that are blowing up on TikTok or blowing up on sound. Like half of the time, especially this new wave, I think of, of younger artists, like they're just like, yeah, I was just messing around and uploaded a bunch of stuff. And then like, next thing I know, someone called me and was like, hey, you want to record a record? Yeah. Which is, it's, it's got a plus and a minus. On one hand, it means that there is a huge upside to just being in the practice of releasing music, being in the practice of being present in that space. On the other side, 
it's creating some TikTok monsters that are like super scary for the the scene, but whatever. The, like, thing, the thing that bothers me a lot about um, some of this kind of like um, internet hype culture yeah. is that you'll have artists that I think we were talking about um, just a bit ago mm-hmm. about artists putting their work out there before it's really ready. Yeah. And even if something goes viral, that doesn't necessarily mean that the yeah. artist is ready. Absolutely. And, you know, what happens now if you're like Lil Xan? Yeah. And, you know, you do some ridiculously fun stuff that resonates with a lot of people. Right. But, like, you're what? Like, 17? Yeah. And now, like, you have to be this? How do you transition out of this right how do you grow out of and it's com- this we have no and, idea you know it's one thing you know not only are you young as an artist but you're also right. young as a person yeah and like how do you grow out of as a person. this persona right because like there's no way that you know mm-hmm. a character like that right. cannot age no. what makes it fun is the little aspect of it and that yeah. has an expiration date. It does. Um, and that kind of stuff worries me if just like yeah. blowing up too early off of something that people like maybe not for the most right. – um, not for the reasons that – I won't say not for the reasons that they should. I don't know how to word this. But it's like the way that somebody likes something because it's a trend on TikTok right. or a meme right. is a lot different than like an actual – artistic appreciation for something. Yeah. Yeah. And like and who wants to be a meme forever? Right. And I think what you said about the, the Lil aspect is a great point because it's like Lil Xan is a real life equivalent of like a Bart Simpson. <laughs> Bart Simpson Bart Simpson has the advantage, the ability to be Bart Simpson forever. Bart Simpson should be in his what, 50s at this point? Sure. Right? But he won't be. He never will be. And so to, to sort of cartoonize these real life people and say like, oh, Lil Xan's crazy. Like Lil Xan is eventually not going to look like Lil Xan anymore. Lil Xan's eventually going to look like a middle-aged person. And what do we say about somebody that we think of as a child with face tattoos who now looks like a middle-aged person? Do we let that person still make the same music that they were making as a child? Like probably not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bart like, Simpson's allowed to stay Bart Simpson. It's not sad because Bart Simpson's still a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it opens up a really interesting question of what's going to happen, not only to musicians that are popular on right. social media, but everybody. Yeah. There's like, uh, I know there's like a lot of like younger kids that are famous on TikTok for just like dancing and yeah. doing the people that are blowing up these songs. Right. What happens to them? I mean, granted, right. they're not in necessarily as toxic of a situation as maybe True. some of these musicians, but also like how long does that party last? Right. Where does it go? Because I mean, you've even seen like some YouTubers that get like actual TV shows and yeah. like they just kind of like tank real quick. Right. Because like it's- they're not ready for that level yeah. of like it operates totally different. Completely. And the people that are fans of them are fans of them because they aren't on TV. Yes. So it's like we're <laughs> we're 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 pull like we're make it's worse for everybody. Right. When we do stuff like this. Right. And I mean it's it's hard to navigate because it is so young. Like we don't even I mean Instagram to me is like the metric of success in a way 
because it's just the one that has stayed culturally relevant for the longest amount of time. Yeah. In terms of being an artist and getting recognition or having a platform to sort of spread whatever you need to spread. Like Facebook, Facebook's Facebook at this point. Like people don't like it for political reasons. People don't like it because Mark Zuckerberg. People don't like it because it's intuitively not that fun to use. Sure. Twitter is, I think, become a little more informational and it was never really meant to be like an artist promotion space. Like that's not what the purpose of Twitter was. Yeah. Even though I kind of like Twitter at this point, I think it's fun. I think I can find out a lot of information on there. But Instagram is the one that I'm like, okay, Instagram has lasted long enough at this point that I'm engaging with it still. But what happens when it's not anymore? And like, I think there's always, I don't think we've come into a position yet where something just ended without there already being like another replacement that somehow like, because that's the thing is like, if Instagram ever goes away, it's going to be, be it's going to be because something else slowly absorbed it, whether that be something like TikTok or like something else that happens. Right. Right. The interesting thing that I just thought of was talking about how, you know, Instagram's good for something. Twitter's good for something. Facebook's good for something. But everybody's trying to promote everything on all of these things. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of weird because you think about like back in the day, you go to a shopping mall Uh, or a store. (laughs) Uh huh. You only promote your music in the music stores. You know, you're not trying to like FYE. You're not putting your fucking CD in the shoe store. Or the Bath and Body Works. Oh. But now it's like everybody's trying to promote their stuff in every single store. That's true. It's like, why do we have, why do we feel obligated to promote all of our stuff on all of these channels? And it just goes to like this like deeper conversation, I think, of like uh, desperation. Yeah. And like a a need just like, uh, just uh, grasping at straws, maybe. And like it's like at such an unhealthy place it to be in yeah. as a person, regardless yeah. of what you do. Right. Well, and I think that another part of it is that the part of the metric of success now is based upon your follower count and your online engagement, which is sort of like a completely new introduction sure. in this realm. Like it's I mean to cut you off, but please, it's like the equivalent, yeah. right, of being like uh, like say I am Bath and Body Works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of reporting the amount of money that I make. Yeah. As to to for taxes. Yep. Or whatever. My measure of success is no longer the amount of sales that I have. Yeah. It's the amount of people that have come in the store. Right. And looked around and right. left. Yeah. And like that's what we're like. Oh, like this video on YouTube has a right. million views. Okay, those are people that walked in the store, but did they buy anything? Is this business yeah. actually successful? And right. people now are counting like, well, somebody being in the stores, it's still is, a measure of success. Is, more than, yeah. is, it, is it a measure of right. success? Well, and yeah, you think I about- mean, To the point where like, I get like uh, emails from like people that want to come on the podcast and it'll be like, uh, you know, such and such is getting ready to release this album. They've already racked up these number of hits on Spotify, you know, these number of hits on <laughs> right. YouTube and Spotify. Right. And it's like- this has nothing to do with your art. Yeah. Like you want to fucking come on here and talk about numbers? 
<laughs> let's talk about numbers. Let's sit here and talk. No, oh, God. Um, but I think it is a really bizarre. I think that's where a lot of the attitude comes from, and that's like it's completely irrelevant in so many ways as to like what I do on a day to day basis, and like what I feel like I need to do to make music. And I try my best to be as separated from it as I can. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, if 10,000 people followed me right now, I would take that. Oh, totally. Um, and that's no, like, I mean, that's a difficult thing. It's yeah. the same as like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, when I would be, when I was in a band and we were talking about like, if Columbia Records knocks on your door and they're like, we're going to write all the songs for you, but we're going to give you a million dollars and release your music to the masses. Like, that's a tough conversation. Would I like it? Probably not. Would I eventually get to write my own songs? Maybe, who knows? But like, it's something that I think was logistically fine to consider, to ponder. And so I think that Instagram, there's this new like non-monetary, again, musicians having non-monetary goals to become popular. Like, what, like we're not making any money from gaining followers, but that's the measurement for success, not the music that we make or the talent that we have or what we sound like or the curational aspect of, like I think playlists right now are really fun. Like playlist placement, fascinating to me. I think there's a lot of genuine playlist creators out there who are doing like a really good job of finding music that fits in with their personal aesthetic and they've turned that into an art form and they're helping to actually promote musicians. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. But me sitting around on Instagram, I, I have a really hard time with it. Yeah, I think that there is obviously a benefit to using yeah. social media. Definitely. But again, it goes back to that at the core, what is the intent? Yes. And I think that where it starts to become a slippery slope for some of my peers. Yeah is when I see them posting things that are completely irrelevant <laughs> just to post. Yep. And I talked about this on the episode before with Chance, but like I would rather somebody that I follow not post for fucking four months yeah. instead of post every day because they feel they, obligated they to. to. Yeah. You're not obligated to. It, yeah, you, you're really not. But that feeling does creep in. That feeling of like, shit, it's another Friday and I forgot to post again. And now like my followers on the East Coast, it's too late for them. And like my followers on the West Coast, I could post for them, but it's only worth half the whatever. Like, And so then you hit Saturday and you're like, I'm going to wait until like whenever. I'm going to set a day. And then when you set a day, you have this schedule that you're following. And all of a sudden like what I remember Instagram as in the inception was like this weird, like everybody take pictures of whatever the fuck they're doing during the day. Like whatever you're doing. Yeah. You're going to the zoo. You're going out to a restaurant. You're just hanging out in your house. Hot dogs or legs. Like whatever it is, <laughs> whatever. If you're at the beach, like just post random pictures and show people what you do in your spare time or something. Like I don't even know, but it was just inherently because it was also algorithmically based upon time it was just most recent first there was no actual like nitty-gritty mix and matching you're only seeing 30 percent of the photos that are posted type of stuff it was way lighter <coughs> and conversely more interesting in a lot of ways 
because it was just what was uh, happening. Dude, if I fucking go through my Instagram right now, yeah, every other post is an ad. Oh, yeah. Easily. They're always selling me stuff. Easily. And I'm buying it sometimes, which is horrible. <laughs> Dude, you know what fucks me up? I had this thought the other day. I was like, I don't know what is scarier, right? Like people trying to promote their lives as if there is, are a business or businesses promoting themselves as if they're regular people. I mean, both are scary. It's <laughs> fucking because there's like stuff that I will see and I'm like, who is this? And yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's a new balance. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, damn, these photos look good. And I'm like, oh, it's a fucking company. Yep. God damn it. Yep. And then you accidentally follow them every once in a while and then they're just in your feed forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I can't fucking like look at like, like, I, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I, I like, I looked like, you know, there was like, I was like listening to a podcast. Yeah. And there was like a a promo code for uh fucking like hymns hair loss replacement uh -huh, stuff. And uh -huh. I was like, I'm interested in this. I'll check it out. Yeah. And now half the fucking ads that I get are like, <laughs> is your hair falling out? Does your dick work? Are you getting old? Let's fix you. Let's fix you. <laughs> Buy our medicine. Don't need a doctor. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like I looked at something once. Yeah. One time. Yeah, did you put and your email my, in? My whole fucking. No, I just went on the website. Oh, no. I just went on the website. Yeah. You don't have to. No. That's you bad. Know? Yeah. It sucks. That's bad. Because you fucking use Google Chrome and everything's connected to fucking Google. That's so true. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It. You're done. You're done. <laughs> and like, it's like, I was curious about this, but now I'm, I'm reminded every fucking day yep. that I'm just fucking decaying. <laughs> <laughs> they said, I mean, is it your YouTube too? Is YouTube reflective of your... Do you YouTube ever? Yeah, I do YouTube. I'm sure YouTube plays a part in it for sure. But d does YouTube, are the ads reflective of that one choice to look well, into I have YouTube premium, so I don't see the ads ever. Oh. I pay, I pay, oh. I pay for that. I don't. So yeah. YouTube's always, they're always just giving me some shit. Because uh, if you have YouTube premium, you can listen to podcasts with the screen on your phone off. Oh, wow. That's a huge feature, actually. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't Which know. Which is like ridiculous that they make you pay for it. <laughs> for anybody that doesn't you, know. <laughs> yeah, there's no ads and uh, you can do that. And honestly, cool. I've said this before about other social media. Yeah. Like if every social media company had a feature where I could pay monthly to not see advertisements. Oh, yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. I pay for Spotify. Yeah. I pay for Tidal. Yeah. Yes, I have both. Uh, <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask why? <laughs> I DJ with title. Um, oh, okay. But you like to play this on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And I pay for, I mean, I pay for fucking other like streaming services. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then YouTube because I don't want to deal with the ads. I would yeah. gladly, I would give Instagram like $25 a month, if not more, <laughs> easily right. to not see those fucking advertisements right. and to just see my feed in the As people that I follow in yep. the way that it's meant to be. Same with mm -hmm. fucking Facebook. Yeah. Oh, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's any the of that same stuff. Shit. It's the same and shit. And like, I like, understand that the advertisements make them money. But yeah. I mean, they're getting, you know, pennies, you know, like millipennies on the ads that they're putting into my fucking thing. Right. You could be making way more money off me as a content user. Right. If you just had that feature. Yeah. And I don't, and I can't believe that they don't do it. I don't know why. Right. It makes no sense. Right. And in, like, I mean, Instagram plus, it, right. Looking at it in reverse, it would they actually would make so it would much make fucking Instagram money. a much better service. They would make so much fucking money. 
Yeah. Wow. You might have you might have done it. This might be it. There has to be some fucking reason why they're not doing it. Either they're making yeah. way more money than we could ever imagine off of the advertising mm-hmm. that they have in there. Totally possible. Or there's like something, there's some weird legalese red tape thing about it. Could be contractual. Yeah. Where, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, I feel like. I like parts of it. I don't like, I don't like that part of it. You know, you know, I think that there is a lot of good that comes from being able to be connected yeah. with so many people because like yeah. in a world where it's really easy to feel alone, yeah. the internet can really bring you into you know, these niche subcultures where you realize sure. that you're not alone. But then, you know, be- Nazis find each other and it's a yeah, problem. Yeah, I was going to say, there is, <laughs> so that's a two-sided coin. It, it's definitely not I had a really best, nice sentiment also, to build on that point. But too, also, we- it's like, it, 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 it's, it's hard because like, it's so easy to focus on the negatives, yeah. right? But there are a lot of positive things that can come from it. And yeah. I think it's just really about, and I, again, I talked about this earlier with Chance and how like, your environment is so crucial to like who you are as a person. Right. And a lot of people, I think don't put enough time in thinking about their digital environment in the way that they think about their like actual real world environment. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I have the recognition to say that I need to be more positive about using Instagram. I think that I take like a really cynical view of it 10 times out of 10. And I think it would do me a lot of good mentally to say like, just have fun posting. Yeah. Just post something fun. Like just, just have fun and try it. But at the same time, like I moved to a new city during the pandemic. You know how many friends that I have in Portland that I, you know, didn't know prior to moving Portland, but like how many of my friends that I have now in Portland that I met over Instagram, most of them. Sure. Which is like, I never in my life, especially coming from a place like Pittsburgh, where you meet everybody really organically and you meet people in these circles and your circles connect to other circles. And like, next thing you know, you just have this network of people who are all sort of inner involved in this way. I never would have thought that I would have made friends on Instagram or through Instagram. And I have very much done that. And I know that Gen Z is like, they can do that with no problem. Yeah. I, I mean, have no doubt. They I think can do that, that with no problem. <laughs> you know, after high school, um, that was right around the time that MySpace right. was really popping off. And I made a decision that I really wanted to pursue, pursue the music stuff. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody. Nobody that I went to high school with was right. doing music, right? Right. And the only way that I ended up like meeting people was getting shows. And like, I was booking yeah. shows through MySpace, And then eventually right. like all of my friends came from yeah. meeting people out of that bubble. Yeah. Right. And then like it eventually it expanded from Definitely. there, but without having that social media platform right. to meet people, promoters and right. get on Showcase shows, I don't yourself. know what the fuck I would have done. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I think about like, and Facebook. I have like a lot of great relationships with a ton of those people. Right. You know, right. I have like, um, I've gotten a lot of work through social yeah. media, um, plenty of shows. Like it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's Facebook. It's sick. Are Facebook events still a thing? 
You know, it's really funny. I'm, Listeners, are Facebook events still I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a, uh, I'm hosting a DJ party at Brillo Box, uh-huh. MySpace Night, May 7th. Please come Hell out. Yeah. Um, it's the first one that we've done since, Whoa. you know, 2020. The last one was in Not Feb- to cut you off. February 2020. Have you seen the paint job up there? No. Oh, okay. It's sick. Tight. It looks really good. Cool. Uh, um, continue. <laughs> but the point that I'm getting at is that I decided to make a Facebook event for it. Whoa. Okay. Um, and I realized at the time, I was like, I haven't done this in over, like, and I've done this in like two I and a half years. I wouldn't know where to go. I wouldn't um, know how to start. It was really interesting. Um, I feel like they've, I don't know when it happened, but they've definitely updated the uh, the interface yeah. and the, the OS for how you create events. Makes sense. And uh, it seemed pretty user-friendly and pretty okay. intuitive. And I didn't mind doing it. And it seemed like, you know, some people responded to it. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to check it now in real time. Let's see where our uh, fucking... Um, how our MySpace night event page is doing, right? How many people the, did you invite? The return of the return of MySpace night. I invited um I think they they have a cap on it, right? So you can up, invite up to 500 people. Okay. And they, right. there's, like, seems, there's like different categories. There's like a suggested category okay. which I think is based off of Ads people that, that you enter either ads that people were getting, but it seemed more like it was based off of people that I interact with the oh, most okay. yeah, on, yeah. on there. And then there was also like um, of other, you could also like invite people that have attended other events that you've hosted. I see. And you could pick like what event it was. Cool. You know, so, and then there's also like, you could also invite people that have gone to events that you've attended. Wow. Oh, okay. That so, makes sense. like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I went to this yeah. dance party, right? And it's kind of similar to what I'm doing. Like, what, right. which ones of my friends were also at that event, and you could click on it them. and invite yeah. them. So, I thought that was kind of cool. Right? That is kind of cool. So, like, out of the 500 that I in, invited, it it's uh, it says 81 going or interested. Okay. So that's like a a little under 25 percent. That's like a 23, 22 percent. That's still, uh, I mean engagement that's actually so I pretty good a lot of people probably ignored it most likely or yeah. didn't see it i mean or, i'm no know, doubt a lot on of those people that i invited probably haven't logged on to facebook in forever True. so i would say you know like that like that's like a i'd say like 22 23 yeah. percent return yeah that's not that's bad good that's when not you're bad. Inviting 500 people at a time that's pretty good i'll take it i'll take it it could be worse facebook events is still a thing sure i think i mean it seems like people honestly still use Facebook for as much poo-pooing that I hear people give it and people talking about yeah. not using it. I still get pretty like standard engagement whenever I post something about a band. Like if we use the band page and we promote a right. show or if I'm just like promoting like, hey, I'm eating a fucking taco somewhere. It seems like the same people, amount of people that ever right. interacted with it still interact with it. So my, I think my viewpoint on Facebook has shifted because I don't use it in that way anymore. Like what it was, Facebook to me was very much like Instagram is to me now and was originally where it was like, you just posted whatever. Like it was just part of your life. It's fun. And then I stopped personally posting on Facebook. And I think a lot of that was because Instagram had taken hold and sort of like 
eaten up the market a little bit. And so part of my own, you know, saying that Facebook isn't being used anymore is just like also my naivety and my unknowing. I there, think there probably are still people using it. I think too. It's I'm like, personally not using it. I, I mean, personally, I'm still like, I think I'm still in the same, for the most part, the same social circle that I've been in. Right. So I think right. with my age demographic, a yeah. lot of those people were still using the platform. Right. I think for like a younger demographic or right. people that are like either using TikTok or they've, they're doing uh, Instagram or yeah. whatever, right? I said TikTok and Instagram, right? I didn't say Instagram or TikTok twice. I forget. No, no, no. You were you. Okay. I had like a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's like a, a lot of that is a younger demographic. Yeah. And those are people that I don't know, nor am I going right. out of my way to try to market my Definitely. stuff to. Definitely. Because I feel like I could be on the brink of being kind of the somewhat cringy older dude <laughs> that's trying to be like, hey, kids. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, that. And uh, I don't want to do that. No. You know, I find that like the only thing I could do is just do the stuff that I like doing. Right. Uh, put it out to the people that I think are going to listen to it. Yeah. And granted, some younger people do come in. Definitely. But I'm not going to go out of my way to pretend <laughs> that I'm something that I'm not. Yeah. And that's the main reason that I never made a TikTok account. Because I was just, just going to ask you. It's I am not that person. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the platform. Yeah. I think it's great for people that can create that kind of content. Right. You know, it, it bums me out when I see people that aren't the quick video or reaction video yeah. type of people that are just making that content, forcing themselves because they feel like they need to be a part of something they because they don't be want to miss TikTok. out. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, it is. But if you're genuinely good at that kind of content right. or if you want to consume that kind of content, do it. Like that one. Do you know Petey? Have you seen that guy? Mm -mm. Long-haired guy, long-haired California man. Oh, okay. He's great. The, yeah, it's yeah. just him and there's like multiples of him in every skit and he just does these skits. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I wish that I had thought of that. Genius. Yeah, but that's like the format works yeah. for that platform. It's part, yeah, it's and made And you're for doing that. something that you genuinely want to do. Yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's really annoying to me, especially like mainly in my like music community of people where it's like, yeah. I'm going to go out of my way to make something for TikTok. And yeah. it's like, this isn't engaging right. in any way. The people that are on TikTok aren't mm. going to give a shit about this. Right. The people that already like you aren't going to give a shit. About it's this. like, there is such a thing as too much content. Yeah. And there's definitely been like artists that I've been subscribed to because like they're able to do this now on YouTube with these shorts. Have you seen those? No. It's like YouTube shorts, which are like, little like less than a minute long videos okay that are all like you know in the um in the vertical ratio right you know what just it's basically tiktoks for youtube and it's called youtube shorts but it's for probably a, a not not gen z generation most yeah likely. but i mean like there's artists that i follow yeah. on youtube right. that just started posting these shorts every day and like I unsubscribed from them because I was just right. tired of it's like all I want to see is like if you release a new song, either give me a fucking lyric video, uh -huh. a music video, even if it's just a fucking cover, a blank video. Yeah. I just want to see music. Yeah. Or like a well thought out 
like making of behind the scenes documentary. I don't right. want to see this shitty <laughs> low light video of uh-huh. you in the studio with something that I could barely hear every fucking day. <laughs> There's too fucking much. Yeah. It's just, it's too much engagement that I don't, I don't need to be behind, nor do I want to be behind the curtain yeah. all the time. I mean, like, again, like a well-made documentary, well-made behind the scenes thing is cool. But if every day is behind the scenes, it's no longer behind the scenes. No, now it's, it's just the scenes. It's just the scenes, yeah. And what is really behind the scenes is just like the the frantic mess that your brain probably is thinking right. that you need to post all of this every stuff day. to keep people engaged so they don't forget about you. Yeah. Like how neurotic and ego-driven are you <laughs> that you need to fucking think that you have to post something every single day so people won't right. forget about you. If your art is forgettable, then it's going to be forgotten about. Right. But if it's not forgotten, people will remember it. Right. There's songs that I heard 15 years ago Absolutely. by artists that nobody gives a fuck about, but they have stuck with me. Yeah. And I didn't remember them because they fucking posted YouTube shorts every day. <laughs> I remembered them because the song was good and I heard it. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the whole move, I just... So in all of this in everything, talking about COVID, talking about social media. Um, there were a lot of things that you hear rumors about that didn't get released in Ooh, like what? 2021 because of um, the inability to tour, because of the inability for people to engage with things in a normal way. And so like I have a friend who finished his record in 20, what year is it? 2021. And it might not release it until 2023. Okay. And I'm like, shit. I've never, I've never been, I've really never been that organized with my planning of release rollout. And so I'm like, I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to give it, if, if I get something on, on DistroKid, like a month before it's supposed to release, like that's me being early. Yeah. If I give DistroKid the four weeks that they request of me, that's me being like yeah. very prepared and very early. I've never thought of like the long game timeline. And then I definitely during COVID wasn't thinking about the impact of COVID on the long game sure. timeline. Yeah. And I've, that's a whole, like that's a new sort of mindset that I'm trying to explore and figure out. Yeah. I how think to there's navigate. A, a healthy and an unhealthy way to approach this sort of uh, really methodical and scheduling because with some things, uh, depending on how you particularly want to roll out a release, yeah. Um, you know, I've done I've done before where like um, we record the album, you know, we send the masters out to get pressed on Z, CD or vinyl, yeah. whatever, and like that's a process that takes time, right? And then like you know, we film like two or three music videos, right? And then like from there, it's like okay, now you know, it take we spend like half a year on all this stuff, and then yeah. we have the next half a year already scheduled out right right but i still feel like you run a risk if you wait too long right because what if you're putting out art that no longer reflects who you are yeah and how do you and like maybe you're not like emotionally attached to it in the way that you were when you wrote it right so now how are you gonna get people excited about this yeah like there was somebody on this podcast recently uh who their method was they recorded a shit ton of songs, like 
a year's worth of songs. Sick. And their idea was <laughs> to just basically drop a song every Friday for like a year. Wow. And yes. the, the idea then, which I think that they've been keeping up with it. I have, I've, I'm not good at keeping up with everybody, but I think that this, they've been doing this. And my whole thing was like, that's a really cool idea, but what do you do not only as you grow as an artist, but like they're operating in more of like a pop aspect right. of things. So trends are going to change. Yeah. Right? Oh, like the so landscape fast. of music is yeah. going to change. So how and why do you operate in that way? Like that right. really, really kind of, it gives me some anxiety almost <laughs> like being like so prepared that there's also, now there's no room for you to like really grow because you've like locked yourself into this timeline of like right. what you're, who you are as yeah. an artist. Yeah. If it was up to me, I, if you were asking me, how big do you want to be in music? I want to be big enough that I can drop something without saying anything to anybody. And people are just like, surprise drop. He did it. <laughs> That's the point that I want to hit. Like, I don't, it's not even about money. It's not about anything. It's just that I want to just drop something out of the blue and people are like, oh, hell yeah. There were enough people waiting for me to drop something out of the blue that I don't have to think about it. Yeah. I Which mean, is also my favorite way to have music released. Like, I don't personally need a rollout. I love a surprise drop. I think that honestly, as a independent artist, I think that's the best way to approach yeah. releasing stuff because there's also something that I've noticed with the artists that are, especially underground artists, like, yeah. like underground, underground, like me or you, right? Right. Um, if you're posting all the time and people start to see your posts and they associate it with like, oh, it's just, it's another studio video, another mm -hmm. update. If you actually post something legit, people might scroll they over might, it. Yeah. It's like the, the, the boy who cried productivity, right? <laughs> there's no, there's, the boy who cried music. Yeah. There's like no, like, Oh, yeah. like, uh, actually this time it was something serious and you didn't right. see it. It's like, oh, right. I just noticed that like, you know, yeah. you put, you're posting stuff all the time. So I just, I missed it. Right. Versus like, if you're silent for a while and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, here's the song. Don't do this whole like song in three days, song in two days. If 50 people like this, we'll drop it a day early. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just put out the song because I, you know what? In those three days, yeah. that little like 150, yeah. 200 likes that you got, that could have been 200 listens on your fucking song that right. now you're not going to have because there's no guarantee that people that saw your post yesterday are right. going to see the post that you make the next day. I really, I have such a like blatant um, negative reaction to the like, if this post gets X amount of likes, we will do the, like, you guys want to see the video? <laughs> like that's such a, uh, it's such a specifically cringy for like, you know, you just, you just know the music that entails that and the crowd that entails yeah. that. And like, I'm just, I can't believe it's still happening once in a while. Uh, Facebook is where I see it the most. I see it on Facebook. I, <laughs> like, I'll see it on my Instagram because I think that that, that, that's curated at this point, but I get on Facebook and people are like, if this post gets 200 likes, I'm like, you know, you're still friends with your mom and you're still friends with all Just your aunts. Like, 
song. Yeah, if it's done, like just release it. It'll be all right. Like there's there is a lot of room for play. I'm not saying like don't play on social media in regards to releases. I think there's tons of room for play. I think there's tons of different things that you can do in terms of making a fun experience, a fun like multi-platform experience, a fun multi-facet art experience out of a release. But I just, I struggle with the like run around of, I just want to pick a day. And when I pick the day, I'm going to make sure that everything is done by that day. And I'll announce that date when it's time. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I think that it's really, really easy, unfortunately easy for, you know, people that get in the social media sandbox right. as a creative to start trying to operate in the same way as like Coca-Cola yeah. or fucking it's, subway it's right the brands or whatever. Is, it's the like brands that are the people yeah. that are succeeding on the social media platform but the thing like, that, like people have to realize it's like pepsi doesn't need to advertise no. do they no they don't they you know don't care. it's just it's about like keeping a brand that you like and keeping it like aware in the right. public right but they got to that point they got to a point where they were able to do that just because they could do it yeah but i think if you're like starting out and nobody knows who you are to try to act as though right you are that, that everybody big, is there um it's for you gonna rub everybody the wrong way and it can also be counterproductive yeah because something that i have thought about and like this is gonna be i feel a little gross saying this <laughs> okay okay but i'm gonna say it because it's a genuine feeling uh -huh. and i'm being transparent yeah I think sometimes that maybe a big part of the reason why I personally have not had the level of success that maybe I could have had is because I have spent so much time being really good at making myself appear bigger than I actually am mm. because oh. I'm really good at um, like I could put out quality recordings yeah. with yeah. quality branding and good designs yeah. and good merch and good videos mm -hmm. and like everything looks very professional. So from a behind the scenes type of view, it looks like, oh, that's somebody that has his shit together with right. people behind him. And right. what help do they need? Yeah. Why would anybody reach out to me to be like, hey, yeah. you know, do you need help with your new release when it's very obvious that I'm doing all this stuff? Right. Meanwhile, I'm staying up till three or four in the morning every day <laughs> doing all this stuff myself. Right. So I've counterproductively potentially yeah. Had people overlook me because it already seen, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Right, I don't right, need to explain right. this anymore. No, I mean that makes that makes sense. I've never thought of it that way, but it totally could have happened. Because like, you know, if somebody like is like looking out and like be like, oh, like I see some potential there, it could like really right. help if like maybe they had better videos or better recordings right. and things like that. Not that anything that I've done has been like Hollywood level, but right. still I feel like it seems competent enough that like a lot of people were surprised when I tell them that I'm not signed. That you're, yeah. That I doing don't have yourself. like a manager that I, yeah, that I do yeah. a lot of this stuff myself. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, so yeah, that's, a, what, that's a thing too. But how do you, but how what do you, are you doing that? Cause exactly you don't want to mitigate your skill. Cause I have a really hard time too. Like, I never wanted to be that guy that's like the self produced, self directed, <laughs> self fucking made, yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's all done by me. It's the fucking Brian right. show. Right. Right. 
but also I don't want to compromise the quality of my work for the potential of being like, maybe like looking like I need help. Like, please help me. Well, that, you know, starving artist. Yeah. The internet, the internet, please help me thing is also, I have a really hard time and it's, it comes from the same place as I have a really hard time posting on Instagram. It's like, I really, I think that people having GoFundMes to support their art is in general a good thing. I think that it can help a lot of people out. I don't know where the line is for me personally. Like I think about it sometimes where I'm like, damn, you know, it would be really nice to have a GoFundMe and have somebody like help fund this thing that I want to get done, this thing that I want to accomplish that like, clearly I don't have the money to make. So I'm going to just produce everything in my bedroom. Right. Yeah. Um, But I have a really hard time with like the mentality of it where I just don't feel comfortable asking for help on the internet. And I think that's, that can be a really difficult thing for me as a person, because I could use help on the internet, whether it's financial or otherwise. I think that like asking for help on the internet is the type of learned skill that I need to get better at because I need more internet traction to do some of the things that I want to do. And so that's just, again, myself needing to not look at the entire landscape as like, God, fuck this. This is what I need to do. Oh my God. I have to post again on Friday and then it's Saturday and I'm like, I missed it. I feel bad. I I think that the only thing that you should feel obligated to do as an artist is impress yourself. Yeah. That's it. That's fair. Um, The amount of work that you create is irrelevant. Yeah. As long as everything that you're doing well, not it's everything that you do. You can't impress yourself always. No. But the stuff that at the end of the day that you decide to release to the public yeah. is the stuff that you are impressed with. Yeah. And the only thing that you should really be putting out there is something that you're happy to be putting out there that you're right. impressed with. Right. Whether that is a song or a video yeah. or a show that you're happy to be playing or yeah. any any sort of accomplishment. Even, you know, the Grammy that you win, whatever. Would love it. That you drop like Olivia right. Rodrigo. Um, a dented Grammy <laughs> is still better than no Grammy. Sure, you know? sure, 100%. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, but just like having like uh, patience and restraint. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those are two very difficult things to have. Absolutely. But I think that those are skills that uh, a lot of people, not just artists, right. could do good to um, adopt yeah. and become a lot more uh, just comfortable with being around. Right. Because that's funny. It's like, ultimately it's like, so you mean that I might be in a mentally better place if all I do is less. (laughs) Yeah. Think less, work less, stress less, post less. Like there's so much energy to be saved by, just, just doing less. And yeah. then like with that energy, you can really, this is going to sound overly dramatic, but move mountains with your <laughs> no, creative yeah, ability. Absolutely. If you're not allowing yourself to be bogged down with all of these other distractions. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's two things that I've been doing along those lines. Number one, and COVID was a big part of this, is I have let myself take... Uh-oh. You, you were like, number one. I was like, he's going to say cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> number <laughs> one, number one, I get just blasted. No. Uh, number, number one, uh, COVID really, I think, taught me and a lot of other people that like, if you can't leave the house for seven days, right? You know, at, in the beginning, especially when we were all locked down, you don't have to work on our, all seven of those days consecutively. You can just take a day off. You can just like sit on the couch and watch Netflix, watch movies. You can literally just, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can just go to sleep if you yeah. want. Like, and giving yourself that ability without feeling like the artist's guilt of like, Oh, wasted that day. I should have been productive. I should have done this. I should have, like the day's over. So just enjoy that you had a day off. The other thing is that I habitually am a really, I am a very um, temperamental creative. And so I, when I'm in my zone, I can, I love to create a lot of work. I love to just press the gas and continue to make things. I'm inspired and I just feed off of that inspiration yeah. until it dissipates. And then once it dissipates, I don't work on anything. And so one of the little practices that I'm adopting now is that I just, if I don't feel inspired, I set a timer on my phone for one hour. I sit at my computer, I open my DAW and I say, make something, a beat, a verse. It just has to be a snippet and just work through that. Sure. And so it's this push and pull of like, working less when I am inspired to maintain that consistency and then learning to work through those moments where I'm not inspired, but I won't feel good about not doing anything because it go, I mean, there have been points where I haven't written anything for two weeks. Oh, easily. Yeah. A month. I haven't sang. I haven't done anything. I just like, I'm like, I just can't do it today. And like, yeah, I can do it. The knowledge shows me historically that there isn't a switch. There's no light switch that tells me when I can and cannot create things. The creation is a skill that I have learned and adopted through yeah. time. And so just trying to make things and then subsequently realizing that those things that I've made, those snippets that I made in one hour may be the inspiration to kickstart the next song, totally. the next leg of whatever I'm totally. working on. Yeah, And so that's been healthy. <laughs> yeah, I think that forcing art is a really bad idea. I find that like, if you want to do something, like you don't think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck, like I want to get a beer right now. I'm going to get a fucking beer <laughs> out of that fridge. I want to fucking, it's like, fuck, like, I, like shit. I need, I need to get laundry detergent. I need to go to the fucking store and get laundry detergent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then there's those moments where it's like, I really want to work on music. I need to work on music. Yeah. So you do it and you don't think about it. Yeah. But if there's ever a time where it's like, I'm not thinking about it or I'm just busy doing other shit, it's like, well, there's only so much time in a day. True. I have uh, put myself into a position socially where I am responsible for a lot of things, not just my <laughs> selfish creativity. Yep. So whenever it happens, it happens. Yeah. And I just need to be okay with that. Definitely. That's it. Absolutely. Like I just can't, I can't force it. And once you reach that point, I mean, I think it's a good, it's a good feeling and it's good for your art 
because you reach a point where you can just say to yourself that patience, you, like you're talking about patience, like you can say to yourself that you have that patience. Yeah. And that like, it doesn't go away. I think that was my fear for a long time is that like when the inspiration's gone, it's never going to come back. It's just not. Yeah. I'm never going to get it back. I've had it many times and I've lost it many times. And this is the time I'm never going to get it back. My voice is off today. I'm never going to be able to sing again. I'm I mean, never going to be able to sing like that again. Yo, worst case scenario, if that did happen, <laughs> then that's it. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> right. Like what, what, how much control should you really have <laughs> over that? Right. I mean, if your brain, if you're done, you're done. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I've thought several times about like, how much longer am I going to be making weirdo rap music? Does it get to a point where right. it starts to get weird? Does it get to a point where this is even something that I want to do anymore? Yeah. Is this something that I'm doing genuinely because I love doing it or because I've been doing it so, for so long that, it's, that I'm not even thinking about why I'm doing it? Yeah. You know, and these are questions that I definitely asked myself when I was like approaching this new batch of music that I've been working right. on. Right. You know, it's like trying to figure out like just what, what am I trying to share with the world? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Who am I? And like, you know, where is the, the, the who, what, when, where, why? Yeah. Of like, absolutely. The art itself. Right? Those are important questions. So that's that. How much, what can I ask? Is the, the new batch of music, is it, did it change in form from asking those questions? Do you feel that it changed in form? I think that I, I used, I've been using the word unapologetic a lot. Okay. With it. And I think that's because for a long time, I felt guilty about crossing the streams of rap and rock because yeah. um, it's generally looked at in a very distasteful light. Definitely. For good reason. Yeah. I will not say, you know, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of, yes. you know, whether it is like the cringiness of a mm -hmm. kid rock or mm -hmm. just like, you know. The Cool Ranch Dorito of Olymp Biscuit, you know, a fun yeah. chip. Take a crunch every <laughs> once in a while, but you know, yes. it's fun. Yes. Right. You know, it's it can be cringe if you're looking at it in the wrong light, yeah. but it's self-aware cringe. Yes. Unlike a kid rock. <laughs> um I fucking hate kid rock. I um, also hate kid rock. So, so <laughs> but then, you know, there's also stuff where there's like a Lincoln Park that I feel like is a band that even though they grew out of the rap rock and became right. more of like a radio rock thing, I do think that mo pretty much, I don't think that they've ever really been a cringe band. And I think that right. there was always a very tasteful approach yeah. to what they did. But it was also very family friendly <laughs> and very radio friendly. Yeah. And like the, um, mm -hmm. the, the, like you could, there's definitely like an artistic approach to what they were doing, right. but it was very safe and very dialed in. Yes. So like, how do you take that, like everything that people know rap rock for, right. strip the gimmick off of it, make it raw and yeah. real and emotional? Because I genuinely like this concept of music and trying to find right. a way to present it to the world yeah. in a light that hopefully isn't cringy yeah. hopefully doesn't feel dated and hopefully right. creates 
something that is a unique conversation with the subject matter that yeah. people can relate to. Yeah. You know, because like coming from the lens of somebody that's in their mid thirties, right. white male doing rap rock in 2022, <laughs> uh -huh. there's a lot going against me in yeah. my band. I would say with that. this, right? Yes. You know, like on paper, this does not look good. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm. <laughs> this does not look. Good. It doesn't. It doesn't. That would know? be a good. That would be a good name for the I, album. I think that. Um, but I, I feel very passionate about what I'm yeah. doing, and I think that the conversations that I have with people in normal life, anybody can relate to. And right. I think that we're pulling a lot of different styles from a lot of different things, and I'm trying to make music that is unique and not like unintentionally inaccessible, right? But not safe. Like, I don't want to make safe music. Do um, you feel that you've had historical releases that felt safe? I don't think anything I've ever done has felt safe, but I think a lot of it has been confused. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think that um, for a long time, I was like really leaning. I was like very, very afraid about the rock elements getting too right. into the mm -hmm. rap stuff. So it was like, okay, let's... I want live instrumentation. I want right. a band, but right. I don't want it to be like rap rock, but I want it to have edge. How do we do this? Right. And you know, I think in some ways we were successful, in some ways we weren't. Yeah. But I think that and I was happy with everything that happened at the time. I've never done anything musically right. that like, right. I regret. It's all been an evolution. There's no way that Definitely. I would be where I am now without those releases. Absolutely. But I think now um I have, I feel like I have found a way creatively, um, probably just from the experience of writing music like this for a while and yeah. working with musicians that I trust yeah. that have a similar interest that like, I think that like, we're, I'm really happy with the stuff that I'm doing now. Right. I think it's like crossing the bridge in a way that I feel that like is tasteful and interesting and all those yeah. things that I said. Yeah. And so I mean, we'll see how it goes. You had the, the reinvention in a lot of ways, like you made that choice to shift Sykes out of being Sykes. Yes, it was a very necessary decision. Yeah, and I mean, knowing that I think is also, it speaks to that confusion that you felt because that was a conscious decision that something had to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, That's I'm, just, I'm, I'm leaning into myself. That's good. <laughs> Not that I, I think I, I think that I, I think I understand myself better musically than yeah. I have in the past. Yeah, and I'm, I, I understand it, and I'm competent enough skill wise, I think, to really lean right. into it now at this point. Yeah. So that's what, about, what we're trying what to about do personally. Oh, definitely. Do you think? You, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm the same person now that I've been. But do you think you I think know that, that person better? Now. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think that in the song, I think that the songwriting uh, says a lot. I remember when I released uh, a record called I've Seen Better in 2015, uh, I got a review with in the, the Pittsburgh Hannah City Altman paper. Yeah, with the cover. Hannah Altman uh -huh. cover. I remember uh, that one. The, Pittsburgh, the, the quote from the Pittsburgh City paper was painfully self-deprecating. I remember that quote in a weird way. Talking about like the snippets of uh -huh. things that you remember. I remember that photo, and, Hannah's and, photo, and then in the big font. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, they weren't wrong. No. Um, you know, at the time, 
it, it never really rubbed me the wrong way. I, I thought it was funny. I put yeah. it on the fucking cover of the record. Um, <laughs> but it made me analyze my music in a way that I hadn't before because it was like, right. it's one thing for your friends to listen to the songs, but for right. people that don't know you mm-hmm. in the kind of, I mean, granted, I was going through it at the time, but yeah. like, it was still honest, <laughs> yeah. but there's a, a way to, I think, uh, share that honesty with the world. And I think that now I'm focused more on trying to write like lyrics for other people yeah. and not for myself. Yeah. I mean, they're still for myself, Definitely. but the, they're from yourself. They just, it can't be too personal. Right. It needs to, because I think that what before what I was doing before was like personal to a point that nobody can relate to it because it was literally your it's just too much life. It's too much, and like yeah. also like this weird juxtaposition of like having this fun bouncy. Is it rap rock? Is it rap? Is it rock? With right. like complaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, but we grow. Yeah, we do. That's true. We learn and we grow. That's that is true. Yeah. Yeah. With, I'm still, I'm not surprised, but like fascinated by your departure from guitar. I mean, and, granted, and you're playing the ensuing guitar, tour that I'm yeah, going on where I play guitar for two months. Yes, yeah. you're playing guitar now. So uh-huh. I, I imagine that you still dabble and play in um, guitar, but it's just interesting, like, um, like, I guess like with the stuff that you were doing with uh, William Forrest mm-hmm. when when it was a rock band because yep. there was the the iteration where it was not a rock band correct <laughs> uh, but when William Forrest was a rock band yeah uh, I was like wow these are like really really good just like hard indie rock art rock songs right mm-hmm. and then like. To just like totally like 180 and grow past that is interesting because I feel like in a lot of ways, like I'm still making the same kind of music that even though it's different, it's the music that I wish yeah. I could have made when I was like 17, 18, 19. Right. Like I never had this evolution where it's like, this isn't me anymore. And I'm not right. saying that like you should still be playing rock music. No, no, it's no, just no. interesting that it was very like, you stuck to this, you know. There's part of me like four <laughs> years ago that was like, maybe you'll put out a rock record in a couple <laughs> years. Who knows? But it, you know, it didn't happen. Um, yeah, and I think it it comes from a lot of different places. I think one of the more interesting aspects of it is it comes deeply from. So I was, I'm a '90s kid. My parents listened to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and. Soundgarden and like um, Audio Slave and the whole Temple of the Dog, like Pacific Northwest rock sure. rollout, right? I mean, so I was very exposed to that at an early age. I was very exposed to the Beatles. I was very exposed to, you know, classic 70s rock. And all of that sort of was the guiding light in a lot of ways of the rock music that we were making. It was, you know, different. I mean, the four of us had very different musical backgrounds besides Sam and I, because, you know, we were brothers and we had the same musical background, but we had different interests at that point. 
And then as we progressed as a band, the things that were inspiring me as a guitar player were really the non-rock things. I was, I might've been the last time that we spoke. I think I said that I wanted to only make guitar parts that don't sound like guitars. Sure. Um, and you do that long enough that you realize that if you want to make your guitar not sound like a guitar, you should not be playing guitar in your music. Yeah. Um, the other part of it is I think that I've had, I think that I have like, so 50% of you say that, you know, you're making the music that you would have wanted to make when you were younger in a lot of ways. I think I'm making music that I didn't know about when I was younger. Mm. That, okay. And so yeah. that's one of the bigger distinctions with like Fair. what I'm doing now is that like, a lot of the roots, a lot of the methodology that I thought about when I was younger is still applicable now. Like it's still practices and ideas and there's still chords that ring truer to me than yeah, other okay. chords, yeah. right? But the actual way that I'm building a song is completely different. And it's mm -hmm. just because like, at this point in my life, like I enjoy listening to SZA more than I like enjoy listening to whoever, I mean, you know what I mean? And like, and so the options, the bands that have stuck with me through time, bands like The Strokes, who I love and will like always be there because they were like that band for me when I was younger. I don't wanna sound like The Strokes. Like, I don't think that there's a place in the world for somebody that wants to sound like The Strokes necessarily. Sure. That isn't The Strokes. Sure. And so that just, it lost a lot of appeal to me. And so now it's the space that I'm in is much more interested in like making music that comes from just a totally different, totally different place. And I think that there's a lot more crossover genre wise that number one, I have now, like I notoriously want to find my music. Mm -hmm. Ask me what kind of music I make, Brian. I don't know. I don't, I can't do it. I really try. I guess I'm an electronic musician. That's what people tell me, but whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll call it uh, introverted bedroom anxious electronic pop. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. So I just finished recording a record. For the first time, it's the biggest amount of songs I've ever written at one time that's going to release, which Congrats. is wild. Yeah. Um, and it's, I want to say it's equally introverted, uh, but I want to say that it's a fair amount more considerate to the listener in terms of pacing and tempo. And Yeah. I was going to say, if I ever had, I mean, I haven't listened to the, the music that you released most recently but oh, it's very different the music that you had released <laughs> yeah the only thing that i remember feeling about it was that i was waiting for you to find your voice because a lot mm -hmm. of it seemed a little self-indulgent and a little uh un i think it was like it seemed like you're in this bubble and you're doing your thing yeah but it's like no like, one else like, is in that bubble like <laughs> watching somebody trip yeah like you're not tripping but you're watching somebody trip that's kind of like <laughs> what it is right you know what i mean like they're having a moment right now and like yeah. i can kind of get where they're at yeah. <laughs> but like i don't know if i'm a part of this conversation or not right. fully yes right? and that's a hard thing to do absolutely especially when like you're writing something that has like any hint of like an experimental nature to it, right? Yes. Whether it's going to be like very, it's like 
very minimal drum production or like right. weird rhythms if there is drum production right uh weird like sonic spacing of sounds and textures like it's uh it's not for everyone no but it can be because there are people like there's people like why is bjork as popular as she is weird as fuck yeah but somehow can connect same thing Absolutely. with tool the second time i'm bringing up tool <laughs> i can't believe that we're bringing up tool twice <laughs> But again, weird no. fucking bands yeah. doing yeah, yeah. weird things. These are not like traditionally right. accessible things. Right. And I think that that's talking about the evolution. That's what I'm much more interested and much more concerned with now is like, I, I am more a pop musician now than I am an electronic artist. I am the most pop musician that I've ever been in my musical evolution. Sure. I still wouldn't say that I'm making pop music. There's a lot of people that you are think you're a like lot, approaching it like a, from a pop structure. Definitely, that's part of it. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that are a lot better at writing pop music. Like I don't think that I tend to write like pure pop. I don't think that I have the ability to just like write a hook. Like I've never gone into something and been like, I'm gonna write a hook. Sure. I think I wrote hooks on this record. I think I've written hooks on the songs that I released last year. But I don't think that I went in with the intention to be like, I'm going to write a hook. And that's what I think distinguishes me from like okay. somebody that's truly great at writing pop music is they can write that earworm. And it's just like, do, I don't even know. Do you even write the rest of the song? Like, it's just there. And like, that's sure. cool. I'm like, that's sick. Well, like, there's plenty of um, modern pop songs and even like classic pop songs where it's like, if you really analyze it, it's like, wow, this song is all about the hook. Yeah. And then the verse just serves. It just is like, it's just there with, okay, like, like, yeah, it's happening, but then it gets back to the hook and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's you know? scientific the yeah. way that it's structured. But I think, or that, like you have songs that are like, where <laughs> they, don't like, have they function in a way where somehow every single part of the song is yeah. sticky enough to be a hook. Yeah. Like bad example, but don't stop believing by Journey. <laughs> Every single part of that song, yeah, is catchy. There's a there's an earworm in every single thing. I'm gonna give a plug to an artist named Dijon. Have you heard Dijon at all? No. Uh, Dijon has a song on his new record called "Many Times," and it is it's a somewhat traditional ish rock ish song. But it is, it's the catchiest damn song. It's so good <laughs> from the first chord. I mean, just the way nice. that it leads up. And as soon as his vocals hit, like, I think I listened to it like 35 times That's in a sick. row the first time that it came out. And like, it was just infectious. I was like, this is amazing. Sick. Um, but that's become a lot more interesting to me as I progressed along. I'm a lot less interested in being experimental for experimental sake. I'm a lot more interested in understanding how I can experiment with a more sort of traditional song yeah. structure or a more traditional set of instruments. Like, yeah, I picked up piano over the pandemic and like, that's my primary writing instrument now all nice. of a sudden. Do the songs sound like they were like recorded in a clean room with a piano? Absolutely not. No way. I don't have a piano. So yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of experimental aspects to what I'm doing to these digital pianos to make them sound how I need them to sound to serve things. At the same time, I think that piano 
has learning a different instrument broke a lot of my muscle memory that I had built up on the guitar, which is another aspect of putting the guitar down for a while. Yeah. But a quick aside about the guitar is that when I moved out to Portland, I sold all of my guitar gear, Ooh. except for one guitar. I picked no amps. I, picked, <laughs> I took one electric guitar with me with no amps. Uh, and so when I got this tour, I had to buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a, a yeah, I'm uh, like a repackaged version, guitar player version of myself. That's fun. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use the restroom real quick. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that, when you mentioned that you were playing guitar for Kai, mm -hmm. I was interested because I was like... Because Kai's music doesn't have guitars. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of synths and you play synths now. So it's like, why not live synth? Why guitar? But also, I don't know what Kai's doing, <laughs> you know, in their future endeavors. So right. let's, let's, let's rip, you know? So Kai is going on tour with Beach Bunny again. Um, and Beach Bunny is a emo indie pop outfit from Chicago. And so Kai went on a short run with them last year at the end of 2021 and felt sort of uh, lonely on stage because the other two acts that were on this tour were full band, guitar, drums, bass, vocals. And she was triggering things electronically and just vocals. And so there, she felt very empty on stage. And when we started having conversations about it, um, the idea to bring a little more of that element to help mesh everything came about. And at the same time, playing since one of the things about playing since is that all of her backtracks already have that. Yeah, there's no need for it. Like, and like, could it be cool live to do it? For sure, but I think adding another layer, like adding an additional layer, is dynamically more interesting in this context than playing to an already existing layer. Yeah. And so that's sort of the methodology behind how it happened. Makes sense. Yeah. And so here I am, back, back. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, it's a strange feeling. It's bizarre how much mus muscle memory there is, how natural it felt. Yeah. Like, I can still play guitar. Of course you could still play you guitar. Know, I am. But you know, you don't do it. Like, it had been truly two years since I had thought about playing guitar. Like, it just wasn't on my radar. I didn't need to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, hey, you have the chance to go on tour for two months, but you have to play guitar. And I was like, well, all right, I, I can see if I can still play guitar. <laughs> it turns out I can. So it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm stoked for you. I'm stoked for Kai, friend of the show. I haven't seen you in a while. I would love to come to the show tomorrow, but it depends yes. on what time you're playing because I have a show that we're rehearsing for tomorrow. What, what time are you rehearsing? We usually start rehearsal around 7, 7.30 and go to about 10. So we're playing third uh -huh. and the show starts at eight. Yes. And it's so. right down the street. Oh, so is that, rehearsal right down the street? From? No, 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 no. Rehearsal's here. Oh, oh yeah. But you're still, and we're, the show's yes. right down the street. Yeah, yeah. So, In both contexts, it's it still is, right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, still right down the so street. So it is, it's not impossible. It's not. It would, it would be impressive. 
It's not impossible. I mean, Grey Walker can play in double time. You guys are... It's are a normal first. creatures rehearsal. Oh, my God. So there's... You know, a lot <laughs> oh, more. Grey Walker rehearsals tonight. Grey Walker rehearsals tonight. Yeah. And that's not, not to here. give everybody Brian's whole schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Social security number, phone number. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, normal creatures rehearses in the basement here. Um, so, yeah. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. We'll see what I can do. That would be cool. Maybe you'll see me. Maybe you won't. <laughs> I don't know. In any case, I'm seeing you right now, which is nice. There's always the chance that like I could like totally forget about it after practice and Absolutely. Then just like, sit around for like 40 minutes Absolutely. and be like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know. But that's depending just depending on how like how good or bad practice goes. I was gonna say that's just like the the musician on musician special. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I really want to go to that. And then you realize you're like, oh yeah, I really just forgot. I'm not going to hold any ill. Yeah, it's I like, hold no ill will towards any musician that tells me they're going to go to one of my shows and then doesn't yeah, show. Up. It's like so hard. It's like I, I very, I, I, I super duper value shows on Sundays and Mondays now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the only time that I'm around. <laughs> and it's funny because like a lot of touring bands now usually like play Pittsburgh on like Mondays. True. Um, so I'm like sick because we're just like a shit market. You're the only one that's saying that though. Yeah. You're the only one like in that entire group, like between the promoter, the band, and the audience. Brian I mean, is the only one I know that is excited is. about Monday. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, hey, you know, I'm there. I'm happy to be there. Happy to support. <laughs> uh, well, Brendan. Brian. You have music on the internet. I do. Yes. People can hear it. They at can. Where? Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. Look me up by my name. It's Brendan Cope. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Brendan F. Cope because, you know, someone out there, someone out there made me put my middle initial in that Instagram handle. Yeah, oh, what a fuck. I know. I deserve that. I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there was one before me. So, and yeah, follow me. Listen, I have, I have big things coming this year. Love it. I don't know when, but you know, I'll probably surprise drop in. Post <laughs> about it after. Hey, uh, <laughs> if uh, I mean, Brandon didn't want me to say anything about this, but um, <laughs> if five hundred people follow him in the next two days, in the he'll next drop two a days. song. I, I will drop a song if 500 people follow me in the next two days. <laughs> it might not be a good song. It might be a scrapper, but you know, I, uh-huh. didn't, say, I didn't say what kind of song it would be. Absolutely. I just said it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got the chat. I am too. It's good seeing you. It's good seeing you too. Hell yeah. I I'm hope glad everybody on the good. internet enjoyed this conversation Absolutely. as well. Um, I'll be back whenever I'm back. <laughs> You know what it is. I don't know. What are you going to do? Maybe next week. Maybe not. I'm not obligating myself to do anything that (laughs) I don't want to do. I'm setting boundaries with myself. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But, you know, I know that y'all are cool. Y'all support me regardless. It's all chill. (laughs) So with that being said, I'm going to turn this recording off. I hope you all have a good day out there in the internet land, wherever it may be. That is a goodbye from me, a goodbye from Brendan. Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Peace out.